Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means, of course, I was at... Uh, I was in Ashburn on Tuesday for the closing Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew press conference and was there, of course, covering Scott Turner getting fired a few hours later. Um, We'll discuss the Scott Turner part, the season overall, where Washington goes next with Jay Gruden. We'll get to that interview in a few minutes. And I shared a lot of my thoughts in there about this idea of that Washington's philosophy is a run first, run heavy, even though a lot of their moves this offseason did not really make sense to that regard. But we'll get to that and get Jay's thoughts on a bunch of different topics in a moment. Um, and then I'll, I'll talk a little bit here about what we heard from Rivera and Mayhew. Of course, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, you're just kind of catching this as a one-off, make sure you subscribe. It doesn't take much. Hit the button, then you'll get all the podcasts when they come out, iTunes, Spotify, or if you want the ad-free version, go subscribe to The Athletic. And up on The Athletic, I have an article up today on Wednesday about potential candidates to replace Turner, and my colleague David Aldridge has a column on what he thinks Ron Rivera should be doing, uh, get a little uh, innovative with the decision and not just go with the same old, same old. We'll get to all that in a moment. By the way, of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Ben Standig. Um, by the way, I'm, I'm going to have to give everybody a, uh, updates publicly from now on when I am looking to take some time off. A few weeks ago, during the bye week, I was told I was like, hey, I'm going to take a couple vacation days off. And then, of course, that's when the um, House Oversight Committee dropped its report on Dan Snyder and the Commanders. Yesterday, I've been dealing with like a big like sinus headache uh, and, and, and some issues there. So after the press conference, I went home and told my editor, hey, I'm going to sort of just beg off here and uh, chill out. And then a couple hours later, Scott Turner happens. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, next time I decide to take some time off, no doubt that will be either when the ownership sale happens, should that happen, or... Um, they make a trade for some quarterback or whatever. So I'll give you guys a heads up next time so you know when that's going to kind uh, of happen. Um, all right, before we get to Jay, let's just go through a couple of things from yesterday's press conference. And truth be told, you know, I don't think there was anything that headliney out of it. There were some interesting notes, and probably the biggest thing was the idea that their philosophy is to be run first as opposed to an audible that they made once Taylor Heineke became the quarterback and they had Brian Robinson. Uh, I, I talked a lot about that with, 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 with Jay. Um, people who've been listening to this podcast or read my stuff for a long time. know I've been talking about this ever since last off season that I think these guys are going to look to get a running back 
to help be a more consistent presence between the tackles because last year, or sorry, in 2021, the best stretch they had was when they were more ball control. Antonio Gibson was pretty effective, but he's just not that guy consistently, and therefore they wanted something more consistent. So I think all of that makes sense, but so many of their other moves just did not mesh, and I think that's just something that we're all going to talk about for a while now, and I think it's something to keep in mind going forward with whatever moves they make this offseason. If they want to be a run-first team, not arguing that they should or shouldn't be, even though obviously the passing game is still the driver for a lot of teams, the moves need to make sense. If you want to be a run-first team, you need to acquire personnel you know that, 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 that works with that, and I don't know that they have done that, um, but we'll see what happens going forward. Um, as for the actual firing of Turner itself, you know, not a surprise um, at this point. You know, obviously things were coming to a head over the last few uh, days after the Cleveland loss. And I talk about this with Jay as well. But, you know, to me, it almost felt like Rivera needed to do something to shake things up, whether it's for the reality that something just needed to be changed when you're presenting yourself to whomever, whichever owner you ultimately have to answer questions to to be, show, hey, we're preemptive here, we, we, we made a move. I think all of these things went, went into that decision. But we'll, we'll talk more about the Turner aspect with Jay, so let me just pivot to some other things. Like I said, we didn't really get a ton out of Mayhew or Rivera on this one. A lot of, you know, we'll see, we'll evaluate. Um, you know, I, I probably the one thing that's maybe most interesting, I guess, although not that big of a deal, is that Rivera was saying when asked about why they keep having slow starts, said that he's going to look into joint practices. Now, obviously you could say, well, why, you know, what took so long? Shouldn't you have been doing that already? And, you know, there are various reasons why that hasn't happened. You know, COVID was, was an issue the first year in particular, maybe to some degree the second year, this last year didn't occur. Uh, we'll see what, 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 what transpires um, here, but you know, I think that's a good, good strategy for sure, you know, we can talk all we want about you know, what type of offense they run or what changes they should make on defense. But when you start off every year, you know, in a rough way, that's not going to help your cause, right? You, you spend so much energy that just to catch up that I think by the end of the year, they may be a little stuck. And to that point, I, I, I wrote this the other day uh, on The Athletic, but I'll just say it here. In, during Rivera's three seasons, in weeks one through five, Washington is 4-11, and 11, tied for the fourth worst record. Weeks six to 14, 15-8-1, tied for the third best. But in weeks 15 to 18, 2-8, tied for the second worst. And, you know, scoring margin and turnover margin kind of falls in line with a lot of those numbers, Washington is also 0-6 at home in December and January regular season games under Rivera. Um, you know, we can talk about all the personnel changes that they need to make or coaching changes. you got to figure out how to start stronger. That's been a huge issue, and it catches up to them pretty much every year. And this is a more maybe of an off-season topic, but that's sort of the point or two in terms of the press conference. There just wasn't really a ton in there to get overly excited about. I, I know Rivera at one point, I think it was Rivera, maybe it was Andy, maybe it was Mayhew, but I think it was Rivera, 
praising Danny Johnson as a as a, using Danny Johnson as an example of a guy who stepped up for them. And even that is sort of an example of why I don't quite understand sometimes what they're doing. Because Danny Johnson, he did not have the best training camp or preseason. I'll acknowledge that. But he was working as essentially the third, well, I guess the fourth cornerback all off all training camp. And then they cut him, put him on the practice squad. They cut him for guys like Rashad Wild Goose and uh, Tariq Castro-Fields. And then brought Danny Johnson back, you know, sort of a few several weeks later on the active roster. And then he turned out to be a pretty viable option for them down the stretch when they had some injuries. And it's just like, what was the philosophy for not keeping him in the first place? Or if you really were that unsure about him, why didn't you go find someone else? Um, you know, I, again, I'm not, po- it's not pointing to Danny Johnson. It's just sort of the philosophy of trying to understand what they're doing. Not every move is going to work h- hardly, right? The, whoever you think is the best coaches, best front office, whatever, you can absolutely point to things that those teams have done and be like, uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But this is the team we discuss, and it just sort of connects with there's an idea of philosophy, and then there's execution. And too often, it doesn't feel like one hand is uh, meshing with the other one, if that's a good phrase there. Uh, so we'll have more to discuss about the offseason, going into the offseason, of course. You know, the Senior Bowl is coming up in a few weeks. Um, you know, the Combine comes after that free agency starts in uh you, you know in a couple months as well so we'll get to all that the Duran Payne thing will be a really interesting one Jay and I talked about that as well so plenty to discuss but uh let's get to the news of the day Scott Turner is out Jay Gruden's thoughts on that the the process of going to hire a new offensive coordinator and uh, thoughts on Sam Howell and 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 thoughts on the season right now here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right, uh, welcoming back to the podcast. Uh, he's been with us all year, helping discuss the Washington Commanders. Of course, former Washington head coach, Jay Gruden. Uh, we have made it through a full season. How uh, how are you doing? Uh, uh, feel uh, you, you feeling all right after a, a, a year of watching some 500 football? Yeah, no, it was a good season. A lot of... Uh... A lot of good storylines in the NFL, some great play, some average play, some poor play. That's typical uh, NFL. You know, some teams you expected to do better did worse, and some teams you didn't expect to do very well did very well. So uh, that's the nature of the league. A lot of parity and a good season for the NFL. Absolutely. Well, if we have time, maybe at the end, I'll ask you about some of the playoff stuff. But obviously, uh, we're talking on Wednesday morning. The big news of the week of yesterday was Washington uh, fired Scott Turner. You know, I think we all kind of saw this coming in the last few days. But what was your reaction when you uh, heard that was that was going on? Yeah, um, not surprised when you have three seasons of lackluster play, 500 play changes have to be made somewhere. Usually it's the head coach. Uh, but if it's not the head coach, then, you know, usually a coordinator has to fall on the sword. And, and, and Scott Turner, unfortunately, uh, didn't get the quarterback play that uh, people needed, this team needed. Um couldn't get the ball to his weapon, supposedly. Didn't run the ball enough, you know, at all points to the offensive coordinator. But at the end of the day, um, he needed better quarterback play, better interior offensive line play, better tight end play. Uh, he just didn't have the 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 guns to be successful as a coordinator. Um, 
I'll, I'll just tell, I don't know what is happening here. My we're, we're talking over Zoom and some weird filter keeps coming up on my picture here. Uh, true story. I'll just say yesterday I was doing an actual television hit and the same thing happened. So I don't know what's going on here, but like we're not recording the, the video, but Jay has to look at this weird filter. It's so weird. I don't no, you look on. fine. You look normal. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I swear. Fixed, I fixed them now. I fixed, I fixed it now, but while you were talking, oh. uh, it was, uh, and it happened right before we started again. I don't know what's going on here. Um, yeah, I, I want to get to your, your the, the 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 Scott Turner offense and the philosophical aspects, but I, you mentioned sometimes that somebody just has to there just has to be a move made to to make a change. And to me, look, obviously, you know, three years in a row, we we get it; they've had no luck with quarterback. But three years in a row, the offense is ranked, you know, towards the bottom of the league in various categories, and you know. That's ultimately, you know, again, it comes. There's a lot of factors that go into that. But if you're the guy running the running the offense, you know, at some point it's going to come back to you. But I also think, you know, for Ron Rivera, this is going into his. He just finished his third year. Does not have a winning record yet. You at some point have to either you have to come up with a reasoning to say why you should keep going forward with me. And it seems like almost therefore political that somebody had to go. And that's why, to me, Scott went as much as anything else. Uh, as a guy who's been in these spots, how much of a factor is that? I don't want to say it's like a CYA thing per se, but it almost felt like somebody had to go when you're presenting it to the ownership of like, hey, we recognize something's weird and different. We're going to make some changes. But that was almost as much a reason to get rid of Scott Turner as anything else. Yeah, probably so. You know, you feel like your feet are to the fire and, and owners are demanding change, but I don't know what owner would demand change because he's not even going to be the owner, supposedly. So I don't know if it was Dan or not. Maybe it was Martin Mayhew. Maybe it was Ron together. Um, they just feel the heat and uh, they haven't been as successful as they would like to on offense. But let's be realistic. Let's rank the quarterbacks for the Washington football team or commanders uh, the last three years that Scott Turner's been calling plays. Where would you rank them? It'd be in the bottom third or the bottom 10%, right? So most offenses that are ranked in the top five or top 10 have top five or top 10 quarterbacks. I could be wrong, but you can look that up and see if that's accurate. And if you have a bottom third quarterback, you're going to be in a bottom third on offense. That's usually the way it works. Yeah, for for for, for sure. And just, just to, the other part, like I was mentioning, even if it's even if Rivera is making the move for the next owner, at least it's showing he's being preemptive and he's on top of it, recognizing there's a, something that needs to change and they did it. But to your point about the quarterbacks, I thought about this the other day. For argument's sake, you can debate who who is the best one. The best quarterback that Scott Turner has had essentially was either Alex Smith, the first year where they went five and one, I think, with him at quarterback. But of course, that's Alex Smith coming off of the crazy surgery. Yeah, you know, or Taylor Heineke, who was 12, 11 and one in his uh, starts over the last two years. You know, full credit to Taylor Heineke for doing. A, a lot of good stuff, but, you know, limited to what he can do. Neither one of those guys, anybody would be going, wow, amazing quarterback. I don't even know who the third guy is. I mean, you could tell me it's Carson Wentz. If you want to tell me it's Sam Howell after the one start, maybe. But, like, that that's where we're at. I don't even, like, they had, they had eight different quarterbacks start under Turner. and Yeah, had, it, and if he's part of the evaluation process and bringing those quarterbacks here, going after say hey, we want we want Carson Wentz here, I'm all in. On, maybe that's why he got fired. You know that could be part of the reason. Maybe he sold Ron Rivera on the Carson Wentz experiment that obviously failed. So maybe that had something to do with it. For, for I what do it, not know. 
Yeah, for what it's worth, I was told that was not the case. That this, I mean, Rivera himself has obviously been very public about saying he wanted Wentz, and I do think it was uh, from that down. I don't think that Scott Turner was necessarily pushing for 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 Wentz, but um, in in any event, um, all right. Let me ask you about the the philosophy aspect of this. So I don't know how much of, if any you watch of the press conference, but I sent you a couple of the quotes from Rivera and Mayhew yesterday because the one question they were asked is. They've they've continually discussed the idea that they want to be a run first team. It was it was mentioned that they were like wanted a two for one ratio. There was some clarification that came out later. They just want to be run first. They don't want to be two to one that extreme. But uh, <laughs> um, but the uh, the idea was: do are you did you go with this plan? Is this your mindset because of the quarterbacks that you have, or is this a basic? philosophy and they both try to say it's a basic philosophy to go the run first i don't know if i believe that but i'll explain why in a second do you as a guy who calls plays who runs offense who's been head coach when you watch this team did you see a team that wanted to be that run first team i think when they had their win streak i did feel like their run first team and i think that was their identity that they wanted to be uh, the issue that I have with being a run first team, and everybody wants to say that as a coordinator, it's easier to call plays. It's easier for the quarterback. It's easier for the lineman. But there are teams that are going to stop that run first mentality. You have to throw it. You have to be uh, multidimensional on what you do. You can't just go out there and say, "Hey, we're going to run the ball thirty-five times." I mean, you didn't. You couldn't do that against San Francisco. I don't give a dang what happened. I mean, San Francisco is going to stop the run, and teams are going to stop the run. You have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to do some quick game with some bootlegs. Uh, so, um, you want to be a physical football team. Everybody does, but you also have to be balanced in what you do. There's no question about that. And you have some skill at wide receiver. You got to get those guys the ball as well. You got three excellent receivers. Those guys need the ball as well. So, um, to say that you can be a run first team, I think the pass should open up the run, the run should open up the pass. This should work hand in hand. Um, so that's just my thoughts on it. So, I mean, I think the, the 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 question that a lot of us, oh my God, did the filter thing happened again. I don't know what is happening here. Um, the uh, don't don't oh there we go back to normal. Don't make fun of me. All right, uh, the the um, okay. So like, let's just say that that's the case that they really believe that. And I was writing a year ago that they did want to have that like because in the twenty twenty one season, their best stretch of the year was when when they had a four game winning streak, Antonio Gibson was really effective as a runner and they were helping to keep the defense fresh makes all the sense in the world, but they recognized that Gibson wasn't really that, that steady consistent runner. They wanted to get somebody else. And ultimately they did get Brian Robinson. So kudos to that. But here's the question. Uh, not only did the offensive line choices going with Norwell and Trey Turner not work really much at all. Those were bad calls. They draft a wide receiver in the first round of Jahan Dotson, having already already having Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Obviously, Dotson looks like a really fun player. He, you know, excellent rookie season. But as a coach, you're calling plays. I know that we don't talk a lot about like wide receivers being blockers, but that's obviously if you're gonna be a run first team, you need some of that element. And their wide receivers are Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. That cannot be what you're looking at when you're saying want to be a run first team and those are the three guys that we're going to have out there on top of the fact that the only blocking tight end they have is John Bates look they have Logan Thomas who's been who's fine but it's not really his forte they Armani Rogers is a quarterback last year in college and they drafted Cole Turner who was a former wide receiver in college 
nothing there to me suggests they're building the team to be run first if those are their outside players and tight ends. But you, you're the guy who's done this. Is that am I wrong in 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 questioning that? You hit the nail on the head. How can you be a run first team and not have a receiver that can go in and block a safety? I know Terry can't. Terry's a tough son of a gun. Uh, how can you have a be a run first team not have a tight end that can block the point of attack? You know, we want to be a run first team, obviously. And, and Jordan Reed's my tight end. I'm like, how are we going to be a run first team and Jordan Reed's a tight end? How are we going to block the defensive end? That's not Jordan Reed's. That's not in his DNA. He can do some backside cutoffs. He can maybe slip through and get up to the linebacker here and there. He can outside zone stretch a read every now and then. But if you're trying to run between the tackles, Jordan Reed's not the guy to do that. You got to have personnel. There's not a lot of tight ends that can do that. Um, your interior offensive line has to be fixed. Um, yeah. So if you're going to commit to being a run first team, you better commit to the personnel side with two tight ends that can block, maybe three tight ends can block, get a fullback in here. Um, so get, get an offensive guard. that's bigger, right guard, right. tat, whatever it might be uh, that are more suited to be that. Yeah. And, and then let's go to the quarterback component. Okay. Obviously Carson Wentz didn't work out for all the reasons we've discussed over and over again, they took a shot on a guy who had, you know, gotten tossed out of his previous two spots. It didn't work out. Okay. I understood why they wanted to get Carson Wentz, though, initially, because he has the big arm. And even in the context of this run first thing, they want to go play action after that. Carson Wentz has had success with that. He did throw 27 touchdowns last year with the Colts, despite whatever issues were going on there. So I understood that. But. And I know you and I agree, you have to eventually be able to throw. I mean, you can't just you know, run all day. Did you need to spend two third round picks and take on a $28 million cap hit for a guy that you're saying by definition will be the sort of secondary component behind a run first attack? Did you need to do all that? Because it seemed to me for making that move, it's the opposite. You're saying we're going with Carson Wentz because we just paid all this money for him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't make sense from one year to another. If you're gonna uh, go get these type of players, draft a wide receiver, a small receiver in the first round, go after a quarterback, pay him that money, and lose some draft capital. Uh, it seems to me you want to throw the ball, and you want to get the ball to McLaurin and Samuel and Dotson and uh, Logan Thomas if he's in the game or uh, whoever else you got. So, um, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now I think they want to try to get back because they I think you got a little taste of when they had success, they were running the football effectively. Brian Robinson was getting his 20 plus carries. They were keeping their defense fresh. Obviously, that's a recipe for every NFL team. The 49ers are when they're on top of their game, they are a run first team. The Eagles, obviously, with the running quarterback, the Ravens, obviously, even the Bengals, when they have Joe Mixon running, uh, when they can run the ball first. When the Rams went to the Super Bowl uh with uh Gurley, he was a run first type guy. Believe it or not, the play actions worked off of it. Um, even when they won it, they were able to get the bootlegs off of the run first attitude. Everybody has a run first attitude, but you also have to get the personnel to do it and uh, be committed to it. Yeah, for sure. And and look, in fairness to them, obviously Brian Robinson, his situation took him out of the lineup the first four weeks, really the first five weeks to a degree. Um, maybe things would have been different. They were showing you know, a lot of running in, in the preseason, and I'm not arguing the fact that they – that was their plan. It's just that the, the, the total actions don't um, completely make sense. All that said, what did you make of Scott Turner's year as a play caller? Obviously, there were some games where things looked like they were going well, but other times there were questionable calls, at least from the outside perspective, uh, certain choices of like, you know, 
what type of run you're going with on a third or fourth and one, um, you know, going away from Brian Robinson in a game where he's getting averaging over seven yards a game, whatever it may be. What did you think of Scott Turner's play calling this year? Um, you know, I think early in the season, I think they struggled coming out of gates. I think early in the season, they struggled uh, early in games and on third downs. And that that's, that's tough uh, on an offense. You got to do better in those situations. Um, and then they had the quarterback carousel and they'd gotten better uh, with the running game, uh, changed quarterbacks a couple of times. I think he does some good things, uh, but the third down inefficiencies can't always put it on a play caller, but I think those killed him. And then obviously towards the end of the year, uh, the turnovers and, and some of the unfortunate plays on fourth and one, third and one, uh, some of the red zone calls uh, hurt him quite a bit. So now they're in the market to go find a, another offensive coordinator. Uh, you've gone through this before where you had to go hire coordinators and, and obviously you were the guy running the offense, but you had to hire defensive guys or you've been in, you know, you've been in the room with these conversations are having. So if, if Ron Rivera and Martin may, you have a specific thought run first, whatever it is, how does that mesh then with going out to the market, seeing who's available for coordinators, and then, like, do you, is it like, hey, this is what we want to do. So if you don't want to do what we want to do, it's, it's nice talking. Or do you listen to everybody and potentially change your philosophy? How does that, how does that kind of uh, process go? Well, I think, uh, I personally think he's got to have somebody in mind already that he's going to hire, um, that he's been talking to a little bit. I don't think he's coming out of this thing. Okay, Scott Turner, we're going to relieve you of your duties and have no plan. I think he's got to have somebody in mind uh, that he's worked with before, maybe on staff right now. Maybe it's Randy Jordan. Maybe it's uh, Kenny Zampezi. I don't know. Um, but uh, if you're a new coordinator interviewing for the job and they, and they, and, and they set out here, this is, we want to be a run first team. I think every coordinator in America will say, sure. Yeah. I want to do that too. Uh, however, you also have Sam Miller, Dotson and McLaurin. Um, we want to get them the ball too. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, those guys are kind of fun. I mean, it's like having a nice car and not be able to drive it. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it's an issue. But I think every coordinator, when they go out and present their plan, always has a good, solid running game, whether it's out of 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 22 personnel, 21, whatever it might be. Um, you have to adjust to your personnel and then uh, have a plan for how to attack in the passing game. You know, uh, I've heard you talk before about like one reason you liked the idea of like adding Kevin O'Connell as the OC was because he was coming from a different philosophy, a philosophical tree, I guess, coming from New England. And you wanted to have a new ideas, learn, learn kind of what, what, what he had had and you know, not just have the same type of deal uh, that, that you were, that you came from, but if I'm wrong on that, feel free to, to tell no, me. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I think that's important. Um, to have different philosophies. I don't want to have the same ideas floating around every week. I mean, we got to have different things, different approaches. He played for new England. Uh, he coached in different places and that, that's kind of fun to get on the chalkboard and say, how do you attack quarters? How do you attack cover three? How do you protect in this situation uh, with your center offensive line with your backs? Uh, so it's, it's great conversation to have. It's great to pick your brain. And at the end of the day, coming up with plays that are best suited for your team, whether it's yours or his or a combination of both. And that's usually what we ended up with. Now, let me ask you this. the That's just like basic philosophy of what type of offense you'd look to run. I'm not, to, uh, you know, as somebody who's getting older now, I'm not trying to suggest that people over a certain age can't be uh, innovative and successful. But the one thing that Scott Turner represented on this team was youth, right? Because everybody else, whether it's Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, basically everybody in the front office, 
is older, right? Scott Turner was younger. So at least you would think on some level, at least the way we all think of things like that, he's going to be a little more modern in some capacity. Do they need to, therefore, potentially, would it make sense to hire someone who gives you some of that youthful element as well versus adding somebody else who, you know, I'm not saying like a Pat Shermer or Mike McCoy or whatever, whoever else is out there, couldn't be interesting, but they're more of the Rivera generation. Do you think it would make sense to look for somebody who's younger, independent of the uh, play calling philosophy? Uh, yeah, it would make sense. But um, if he wants to go old school, run first mentality, maybe you should go old school coach. You get somebody, uh, I don't know, from the old Steeler days or something like that. I don't know. Somebody's <laughs> going to try to run power, maybe uh, from the old Joe Gibbs years when they you know ran the counter tray all day. Um I don't know. It's just so many different elements to being a good offensive coordinator. But the most important thing is knowing your personnel and how to utilize your personnel and obviously being an extension of the head coach and what he wants. So sometimes those things clash a little bit. What the head coach wants isn't realistic and isn't the way um, this team is built uh, until you get the pieces the way it should be built to what the head coaches wants. You know, you, you got to commit to something. You can't say, I want to do this, and then draft these guys and have these guys on the field. You got to make sure what you want is what you draft and what you get in free agency. Um, You, uh, well, let me ask you this, L- lastly. So I know you have an agent, and typically we view like agents of like going out and, you know, trying to field offers or, or promote the client or whatever. But how does that work when it comes to, these types of hires because it feels like you know the nfl can be a bit of a boys club it feels like is it a, more about an agent taking his client's case to various teams or is it about people saying hey i'm interested in this you know me or whatever or, or hey are you interested in this what, what, what is the way this is more likely to uh unfold here well here's the issue like you mentioned mike mccoy and some of these other coaches on other teams uh first of all you got to seek permission um not every team will, even if it's an up from a quarterback coach to a coordinator, not every team will let their guy go. Some teams will give them more money and make them passing game coordinator, so to speak. So, you know, that's happened to me a lot. I didn't, you know, you think that every team would let a guy go from a linebacker coach to a D coordinator or something, but that's not the case. So yeah, I'm hoping that he has somebody in mind that he's already kind of committed to um, and not going into this thing thinking I'm going to get this guy or this guy to come in here because, you know, you can't do it all the time. That's the most important thing. You got to get permission from the other club. You got to go through the interview process and then you got to make your decision, but not everybody's going to be available that you think is going to be available. Uh, let me uh, get to some other topics here. Sam Howe. We finally got to see him play in a regular season game. I certainly liked what I saw, you know, only the one, per- one game and not ready to say he's the 2023 starter, but you know, enjoyed what he did. What, what did you think of him? I was impressed with Sam. You know, I think, um, mobility is key. Uh, when you're having a, a, a team that, you know, struggles at the quarterback position, throwing the ball accurately and on time, you better have somebody they can run. And Sam really is a good athlete. And he provided them with the spark, with the zone reads and, and the scrambling out of the pocket. Those are key elements to a quarterback nowadays in the NFL. If you're not a true drop back passer, read the defense, anticipation, accurate type guy, you better be able to run. And I think he checks that box because he's a good athlete. I think he threw some good deep balls. Uh, obviously showed a little bit of inaccuracies, poor decision-making from time to time. But in his first game, I give him a, it's a solid A. I mean, what a game he had in, in getting a victory against the Cowboys. Yeah, and Dallas, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know, maybe they went out and partied too hard the night before, but they were playing their starters 
on both sides of the ball. So it's not like he was getting the week 18 uh, lineup. Um, Along the lines of what we've just been discussing with what Washington needs to do, a mobile quarterback that's obviously important, and and Rivera's talked about that as well. He also has a big arm. We saw that perfect throw to Terry McLaurin, watching him in practice. You can see the zip on his balls is impressive. The, The players talked about that all week. Uh, in practice as well. It's almost like he is the prototype for what they would want, minus the fact that, well, one, he's not the tallest guy, and two, he only has one start to his career. How much if you were in this spot, and I know you're not behind the scenes, but, like, could you even contemplate this guy would be the starter for next year? Is that even something you could even contemplate? Yeah, for sure you contemplate. I think, obviously, you got to bring somebody in to compete. Um, That'd be the big thing. If you're going to go out and get a a second-tier type veteran quarterback to come in here and compete that'd be great uh but i think he showed enough uh to say that hey at least we got him in the hopper we got an opportunity if we want to wait on a draft to draft a guy and have those guys compete <laughs> or if you want to get a guy like jacoby <coughs> Brissett or a veteran type guy to compete with them um but i think he deserves an opportunity in the otas and training camp to get some reps with the first team and see how he progresses um i th- that was my fault for for jay uh coughing i've been coughing throughout this whole time and he sees me coughing so i i i, I yeah sorry about clear. that no no it's my fault i clearly influenced you it's like when people yawn you know and then, and then the next person yawns um so let me ask you this about that about that aspect i think from the outside that if you're rivera i don't think you can t- i don't think you can draft a rookie in the first round you've got to win this year you can't if you come in with a fourth consecutive losing season i don't care who the owner is they're gonna likely say we've had enough it's been real and a rookie quarterback, typically, you know, there's always the anomalies like RG3's rookie season. But in general, the rookie quarterback is going to take some time. Like Trevor Lawrence, we saw last year at Jacksonville. This year, he's he's a lot better. Um, plus, with Sam Howell, you already kind of have the project. You don't need that. So I would think it would have to be some sort of a veteran guy. And obviously, the free agency and trade market comes before the draft. What do you buy of of, of that aspect? Yeah, I agree. I think a veteran quarterback, we mentioned Derek Carr, I think would be perfect. Somebody to tutor him on the drop back passing game. Obviously, Sam Howell has the athleticism. He can do the zone reads and some of the things that Derek can't do. Uh, but to learn from somebody like that, that is uh, so mentally above the above the line as far as um, above, uh, he's just so smart that it would just do somebody like Sam Howell great, uh, a, a great service if he was here. Um, somebody like that would be ideal. Andy Dalton type guy, a very, very smart quarterback, accurate. Um, I'm not saying, you know, you know what I'm saying? That type of player would be great for Sam Howell's development. Would you, last question on this, with Taylor Heineke, obviously he's been very effective for them as as a backup having to come in. And, you know, he he's easily uh, exceeded expectations across the board. But he's so popular with the, with the segment of the fan base that anytime another quarterback's going to throw an incompletion and interception, people are going to be chanting for Heineke. Do you almost need to get rid of that to a degree because of the fact, whether it's Sam Howe or somebody else, that like you just need to maybe almost kind of move on on top of the fact that clearly Rivera does not view Heineke as a starter. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having all the discussions we've had. Do you almost need to say, look, appreciate it. We, we, we You're a great guy, but we need to kind of move on. Uh, I don't think so. Personally, I think you want a guy that's a good backup quarterback that can has proven that he can come in and win some games. You know, so uh, I think he's a great back. If you were committing to Sam Howell as a starter, which I don't think they could do at this point, 
um, he would be a great backup because if he failed or he got hurt with his, you know, then you bring in a guy that's proven that he can win. Um, not many guys you can say uh, that do that, but they are going to a whole new system with a whole new offensive coordinator. So I'm sure he's going to have his input and in who they bring in as a quarterback. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit if uh, uh, all the quarterbacks were gone other than Hal. Um, overall, you look at this team, we, we, we get it. They need a quarterback. What else for you would you say, okay, this has got to be priority number one, priority number two for this team to take that next step this offseason? Well, I think uh, obviously quarterback and then I think interior offensive lineman, center guard area. I think linebacker play has got to improve. Uh, they can always use another corner. I don't know what the situation is with their safety contracts, but uh, I'd say inside linebacker, corner. If they lose Deron Payne, the defensive lineman, defensive line has a red flag now. Um, they keep Deron Payne and then, then they're set there. Um, so, yeah, I think middle linebacker, interior offensive lineman, uh, but it all starts with the quarterback in another corner. Um, yeah, I think offensive line definitely has got to be fixed. You mentioned Payne, and then, and then I'll let you go. So here we are. We, we, we've hit free agency. Deron Payne, we, we, we exit interview day. He, he was like very chill. He was not uptight about discussing his contract. He's pretty open about saying, "Hey, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the money. Let, let's let's go." And he didn't seem to be. He was saying he had like no emotions about the potential for the last day. I think this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. If you're Washington, you already had paid John Allen. You still likely have to pay Montez Sweat and Chase Young. To me, this was the whole reason you didn't give Payne the contract extension in the first place is because how do you pay all these guys? But now the season's played out the way that it is. What are you doing? Are you going to pay the second defensive tackle big money, which is typically not the way teams do it? And by the way, they, they're going to get Fedarian Mathis back that will have still a pretty good defensive line with Adam and use that money elsewhere? Or are you saying, the hell with that? Deron Payne just showed us how great he is and we got to keep him and we'll figure out the rest. I think it depends on the quarterback. If you have a chance to get you know a Derek Carr type guy, uh, then I'd gladly trade uh, Deron Payne's contract for a guy like that. You know what I mean? If you're talking about going with Sam Howell and Sam Heineke or, or, or Ty, Ty Heineke at quarterback, then you better keep Deron Payne. You better play great defensive football um, and dominate both lines of scrimmage. Uh, so I think that has a lot to do with it. The quarterback position has more to do with Deron Payne's contract probably than uh, Deron Payne. But yeah. he's a great player, and he's going to get paid a lot because uh, a guy that big that can play the run as well as, as he can to get 12 sacks or whatever, uh, that's a rare breed. He, he is an awesome player. Are you uh, excited for the uh, playoffs? Any any, uh, any team out there you're going to get your eye on? Uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see how Kevin O'Connell does. He had a great year. Nobody's giving him any credit. They're going to beat the Giants, that's for sure. Uh, you know, it's fun to watch these guys play, but – uh, it always comes down to quarterback play. I love watching quarterback clutch play in these games. Joe Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be. It's going to come down to the quarterback play. If the Vikings win the Super Bowl, that would be two years in a row. The head coach is from the Gruden coaching tree, right? Uh, wouldn't that be something? But I would never get credit for that. I would get somebody else would. <laughs> right. Somehow, somehow, Connell will be on the Shanahan tree, even if he yeah. wasn't there. <laughs> Um, Jay, appreciate the time. You've been great all year. I really do appreciate you, uh, you coming on with me throughout and, uh, you know, we haven't discussed further, but maybe what we'll, we'll, we can get you back on during the playoffs if you're willing. Um, and we'll go from there, but I really appreciate it, man. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the, the, the warm weather and, uh, we'll do it. Soon. All right. Thanks, man.